You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo, and this is episode 14, Holding Space Part 2. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Welcome to this episode on part two of Holding Space. Before we begin, I want to mention that I've opened up just a few more spaces in the Grow a Thriving Practice Coaching Program. This is a program where you and I will meet one-on-one weekly to grow your biofield tuning business. And not only do you get the one-on-one coaching, but you'll also get access to my membership site where you'll receive monthly group sessions and be a part of the community there and get a whole video series on marketing and marketing strategy. So you can find out more on my website and book a free call with me before May 28th to get your spot in June. And when you book your free call, you'll also get free access to this month's live group session on getting out of your own way, which is happening next Wednesday, May 26th. So you'll get that live group session as well as the recording. All right, so go to JillianFaldmo.com to book your call. All right, now, holding space. If you haven't listened to the first part of this uh, series, go back to episode 13 and listen there first to part one. Because in that episode, we talk about how to hold space for yourself, not only during your sessions, but outside of your sessions as well. It's really important to um, get that practice in so that when it comes time, you know, for a client to have a big emotion, re- emotional release or um, anything really in the session that you have that practice holding space for yourself and that way you can guide your client to, um, to holding space for themselves as well. Okay, so what I want to talk about in this episode is more about asking questions and what you do with the answers. This is where many practitioners can feel a little awkward, right? You bring up an area in the timeline and how that relates to the energetic imbalancing you're encou- imbalance you're encountering, and um, often it brings up a memory for your client. So then what? Now, I'm going to talk about two things not to do when you're recalling a memory, and I'm going to talk about why you don't do them. <laughs> so the first one is don't judge. When your client recalls a memory, we don't want to have judgment about it. And when I say judge, I mean deeming someone else's experience as good or bad. Assigning meaning to it for yourself. That's not your job. Okay, I remember one time I was receiving a session from a newer practitioner and she had me recall a memory. And I told her the memory, which I felt pretty neutral about at the time, I didn't used to feel neutral about it um, by any means, but it was actually something that I had been working on for years. But when I told her, I was neutral. And her response to my memory was was not neutral at all. <laughs> she actually said in the session after I told her, oh, that's awful. Oh, oh gosh, I'm sorry. Now, was that response damaging to me? No, it's, it wasn't harmful but it certainly wasn't useful. I was beyond it and I had worked through it and a simple acknowledgement would have been just fine for me. 
Okay, so part of holding space is being a neutral witness. But here's the thing, you're, go you're going to judge. You're human. That's just what we do. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to indulge in the judgment, right? We can just notice it and let it go. So maybe number one is not don't judge, rather it's noticing when you're judging and letting it go. And this also doesn't mean that we need to be robotic. It doesn't mean that we can't offer compassion and we can't offer validation. It just simply means we need to ask more questions. And this is where the curiosity comes in. How are they assigning meaning to that experience? What are they making that experience mean about themselves then? And what are they making it mean about themselves now? And how did that experience influence their life during that time? These are all great questions to ask. Holding space is helping our clients gain awareness into their own patterning. And if we're judging and making assumptions, then we aren't creating the space to allow that. Okay, so that's number one. Don't judge. Or rather, notice <laughs> and let it go. Right? Okay, so number two of what not to do when a client has recalled a memory, don't try and change their perspective until they're ready. And what I mean by that is if your client is, um, is, is assigning meaning to an experience that, you know, was terrible, that um, it's, it's not our job to want to get them to a different place than where we are. All right, so what I like to do here is ask a lot of questions. I like to help them gain some awareness before I go right into trying to shift their perspective. But first, I just want to understand what their perspective is. Have you ever been in a conversation where, um, you know, maybe, maybe you had a perspective on something and the person that you were communicating with told you that your perspective was invalid, right? It just shuts you off. It shuts you down. In conversation, within a session and outside of a session, we want to understand the person's perspective first before we try and shift it. Okay, so if they're telling me how an experience ruined their life, I want to understand more about that. If they're telling me that that's when they learn not to trust other people or um, when they learn not to trust themselves or if they learned from that experience that they're unlovable, I want to know how they coped with that. So I'll ask them, how did you cope with that experience? Okay, so we don't want to try and change their perspective just because we want them to change their perspective. Our job is not to fix them or change them. Our job is to hold space. And what that means is being there for them while they're um, while they're gaining clarity, they're gaining understanding and awareness into their own patterns. And all the while, we're seeing them in their highest potential. We're holding that vision that they're going to reach their highest potential, but we don't have an agenda for when that's going to happen, right? We want to trust that they are where they are, and they're going to get to where they need to get to on their own time, in their own journey, okay? Now, when they're telling us our, their story, we also don't need to believe it. We don't need to buy into it. And what I mean by that is 
Um, you know, when they say something like, I'm unlovable, like, we don't need to buy that, <laughs> right? Again, we're just being the witness. We're seeing them as the best version of themselves while also acknowledging their life experience and how that imprinted them. We're acknowledging them in their pain, in their struggle, and meeting them right there. So some of the questions that I like to ask um, when we encounter something like this is, how does this pattern show up for you today? How does this pattern serve you today? These are two questions that um, help them gain some awareness into um, what maybe the self-limiting belief is, um, to what coping strategies maybe they've carried over. I also like to ask, what would your life look like if you overcame this pattern? Um, and that's kind of, you know, I'm not sure if they want to overcome that pattern. So that might be a question that I say for when I get more information, when I start hearing that, oh, they're not liking this pattern, right? I also, if I, if, if I'm feeling like mm, I'm, I'm getting the sense that some, that this client wants to shift this pattern, that they want to believe something different or that they want to um, respond to stress in a different way, then I'll ask them, would you like to do some conscious work to shift that pattern? And if they say yes to that, I like to ask, this is my favorite question, by the way, if you were to access your higher self, what kind of wisdom would she or he offer you? I can't even tell you how powerful this last question is. By having them seek the answers and the wisdom within, it creates huge shifts in their psyche instantaneously because they just accessed their truth. It's one thing to have someone else tell you what to do or what to believe, but if you're not believing it, it can be hard to grasp and take hold. So this is definitely one of my favorite questions. And these questions are not an exact formula, right? But with practice, you start to learn how to ask the right questions. And these are just questions that I use. The gist of it is, is you're asking the, them the questions to gain more awareness. But you also want to ask the questions in a way that doesn't make their answer right or wrong. You want to ask open-ended questions and meet them where they are. If you're wanting them to answer a question in a certain way, then that means you have an agenda and you need to check yourself, okay? This is really the beauty of holding space is just giving them that hour to be themselves. There's nowhere to go. There's no one to be but them. Just right here, right now. In all their pain, their struggle, their they're suffering, just letting them be in that. And you just being a witness to that is powerful. It's powerful beyond measure and so incredibly healing. All right, so I'm going to list off some questions. And if you'd like to grab a pen and write them down, um, they can be really helpful when you don't know where to go with the story or you don't know where to go next in the conversation. And these can be used when you've identified the age um, in the area in the anatomy map. So let's say you've just identified age 15 in the zone of sadness, grief, and loss. And your client offers you that that's when her mother left home. Now, just check in with yourself right now. What comes to mind when you hear that story? 
are you judging it as good or bad? Just notice where you are. Because we don't even know if that was a good thing or not, right? Maybe, maybe it was terrible that her mother left home when she was 15. Maybe it was a blessing. We just don't know. Okay, so here are some questions <laughs> that we can ask when something like this comes up. What does that bring up for you? How was that experience for you? How did you cope with that experience? What were you believing about yourself then? How does that belief show up for you today? Or how does that pattern show up for you today? How does that belief serve you today? Or how does this pattern serve you today? And what would your life look like if you overcame this pattern? And if you were to access your higher self, what kind of wisdom would he or she offer you? Okay, so that can be really nice to even just have those notes handy. Maybe if you're doing distance sessions, you can, you know, have them close by um, if you feel like you're getting stuck. Um, here's some other tips for holding space. When you're recalling the memory, sometimes you don't need to ask all the questions, right? Have you noticed that? Sometimes the energy just moves easily. So when I'm having my clients recall memories, I start by saying, I'm at this age and it has to do with this emotion. Does that make you think of anything? Like I'm at age 15, I'm in the zone of sadness, grief, and loss. Does that make you think of anything? And feel free to share as much or as little as you'd like. And then they say the thing and it moves. Or they don't say it and it moves. And if they do say it, and it's moving, I just like to acknowledge what they said, like something along the lines of, okay, or yeah, or yes, that shifted, or okay, yes, it's moving. Just something to let them know that their own acknowledgement changed the vibration and changed the patterning. Another tip I have um, really actually goes along with the previous episode about um, when something comes up in their body, like an emotion or a sensation, um, whether it's a heavy heart or anxiety or just really anything, a sensation anywhere, is to let them know it's okay. Like, okay. We want to invite those sensations and those emotions, even if they are a little uncomfortable. Those are waveforms moving through. It's energy, right? So we want to normalize it and have them open up to the sensation or the emotion and tell them and, and teach them how to hold space for themselves. Teach them how to be a witness for themselves. This is the work that actually carries on over beyond the session when they're experiencing emotion or discomfort in everyday life, right? When you can walk someone through feeling in the session, walk them through feeling the emotion, feeling the sensation, and really describing it in detail and just um, teaching them to, al to allow it, right? And you've equipped them with the tool to feel. Not feeling and needing to run away from the feelings is what causes emotional constipation in the first place, right? That keeps us out of, out of flow. So, so that's what we're doing in biofield tuning. That's really emotional management is teaching people how to feel their feelings without resisting, reacting, avoiding, just allowing the feelings to be there. This is really the work. All right, so those are 
that's those are the the list of questions some other tips and the two things not to do when holding space right yeah. don't judge and don't try and ch shift someone's perspective right away there's so much on this topic and i feel like i feel like there's so much to cover so i want to know first if this is helping you if so please leave a comment do you want more um, or maybe what are some other topics you'd like to listen to all right, I can't wait to hear from you and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey you, if you're feeling stuck on where to go next and you're wanting to grow a thriving practice so that you can serve more people, increase your finances and increase your freedom, let's hop on a call together. I want to hear all about it. Visit my website at jillianfaldmo.com to learn how I can help you.